I'm Anna Soper, and this is Teen People. Today, my guest is Robin Knudsen. She lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she's the first of my guests who knew another one of my guests when they both appeared in Teen People magazine. Robin was the trend spotter who spotted my earlier guest, Preston Drum, hanging out at Tremont Music Hall. I heard from her after sharing Preston's episode on Instagram. She had fond memories of her first and only story for Teen People, scouting Charlotte street style with a photographer flown in from New York. Robin and Preston were friends at school, but by the time she scouted Preston for her story, he had changed schools, and it seemed like he didn't recognize her. It didn't help that her mum made her change from her usual funky clothes into a more professional look for the job. This episode tells a coming-of-age story, playing with a couple of neighbor boys and a dog in the woods, brooding in a high school stairwell with new friends, sharing mixtapes and headphones, and a kiss in the rain. This is Robin's story. Hi, it's so great to meet you. Yeah, definitely. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little nervous here. (laughs) My first podcast. Oh, that's fun. Well, I was wondering whether you have this. I was going to (laughs) say, got it right on the page here. Awesome. Kind of my issues a little bit shabby it's been a few years yeah well decades I guess it's right been, yeah it's it's been 2020. 20, 20 years it's shocking I can't even I know right yeah wow were you a part of team people were you working for it no I had this subscription and I kind of eventually grew out of teen people actually I I started reading Vogue magazine after Teen People. <laughs> uh, you and me both, girl. <laughs> I love um, Love Vogue. And, um, and so a couple of years ago when I moved into my house, I, I moved boxes out of my dad's house and I had this box with Teen Peoples in it. Um, I've got about a dozen issues left from that subscription. I think because of what I was doing at that time in my life, I, was, I had just bought this house and I was really feeling like that was a big step for me uh, in so many ways. And when I looked through these teen peoples, I was looking through them with different eyes and I was really caught by all of the normal people in teen people. I mean, it was funny to look at all the celebrities and just to see like these same people are still A-list now, but it was also interesting to look at all of the people, the ordinary people, and just to like wonder what were they up to? And to realize that they were the same age as, as I was uh, pretty much. And that was also kind of humbling to realize that if time had passed for me, then it must have passed for them too. And so I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool to just start Googling people and then reach out to them? And I was, I had my mind on a film. I was thinking a film would be cool, like a documentary, because I would want to have all of the music from that era as part of the soundtrack for the documentary. I feel like that would be really transporting for anyone in our generation. Um, but I'm not a filmmaker. I, I, I don't have connections uh, in that industry. I, I really didn't even know where to begin with an idea like that. Uh, and I have a full-time job in another field. So I just had to shelve the idea, really. And then at Christmas time a few months ago, I had some time to think about what I wanted to do with 2020 and and with this new decade. 
And I, I really said to myself, okay, I want to prioritize this project somehow. But then in March, when the lockdown happened, I knew oh. that. <laughs> that this wasn't going to happen this year. I wasn't going to go, like our border closed. So I, like, it was going to be impossible. At the same time, I started hearing about how people were using Zoom, which unlike uh, FaceTime, which I've used for many years, you can actually record to your own computer. So I thought, oh, okay, well, then I can just grab the audio and I could edit it into a podcast. And it's turned out to be a way that I can make this project happen um, and connect with these people and um, maybe lay the groundwork for a bigger project down the road. And, you know, it, it's good timing, too, speaking about trends, because... 90s and um, 2000s music is starting all that fashion it music is so true. starting to trend again it really is yeah so it's actually perfect timing and it's no doubt that there are a lot of challenges for our generation but i i do also think that this is our cultural moment right you know that's a great empowering way to say that because mm. i i think in a lot of ways we feel like like this time in our life right now where it's everything's kind of like hard chaotic and control but out of that chaos we're seeing a lot of creative movements whether it's like political through music people are starting to garden again like little victory gardens Mm -hmm. um so you know you just you have to take that and let it let it strengthen you for me, um, my husband and I actually separated before the COVID happened. And that whole process has been kind of hard, but just COVID in general just made it even more challenging. You know, so I think with any, 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 any person going through that, the, a, a separation or divorce is, is a challenge. It's big, um, a big move, but through it, I, um, I think I've been doing pretty well. Um, I think we're both fairly happy and, um, we've been, you know, uh, keeping up with our daughter. I have a 12 year old daughter and, um, just, you know, making sure she's happy and has everything that she needs. Talk, talk about feelings, how, you know, how does this make you feel? Um, and um, we've been doing a lot of video game playing and puzzles. Jigsaw, I got her interested in jigsaw puzzles. But um, she's also at that age where she's becoming a teenager. So she needs her space. And she's kind of finding herself and her interests in music. So she'll sometimes I have to back away and say, okay. You know, she'll say, mama, I need, I need some space. You're hovering. So I have to back away and let her do her thing, which is kind of hard as parent. I know Preston, he has a little one. What, how old is his baby? Two. Two. Okay. It's just interesting. These little stages. So she's kind of starting to figure out her interests as well and trends. And then I'm noticing she's listening to some of the same music that was popular in the 1990s so like the whole new metal uh music trend I've noticed it's kind of 
coming back as well, which was a huge trend in Charlotte during the time when we took the photos. Like, um, oh, like Slipknot and Lincoln Park. Um, oh, what else? Corn. Corn with <laughs> yeah. the hay. Yeah. Okay. That was reflected in the the style uh, in the, the photo shoots uh, yeah. that uh, it was, I could tell, I, I got a sense of what kind of subcultures were were emerging in Charlotte at that time. And that was something that you said to me uh, when we connected last weekend, you said that you, you wanted Charlotte to look as freaky as possible. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, we were talking, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, you look look through these Teen People magazines and you see a lot of normal looking people. And I would always look through and try to find some like, I don't know, counterculture looking kids. Just some, something, you know, somebody looking unique. And, and that's one thing that I, moving from a place, I was born in California in a very like liberal art, art focused art and music mecca basically all sorts of resources public resources for arts music and I guess artists and musicians were more so I feel respected out there or understood um and then moving over here just the culture shock I know the school that Preston and I went to it was I mean it it was he described it as brutal. It, it was, it was definitely, it was brutal for the creative types. So the, the art program, they did not funnel most of their money towards the art program is more so for the sports programs. So it was just a challenge, you know? Um, and I remember telling my mom, I said, mom, there's this art school and my, my family's fairly well to do. Um, you know, a little bit on the conservative side, um, you know, like to dote on me and constantly and in, in, in their well-meaning way. Um, but I said, mom, there's this art school. I really want to go to it. It's, it's, um, and, and my mom heard from a friend that it was kind of in a dangerous area. So, uh, that was a no-go. I kind of just shook my head. I was like, oh, mom. Um, but I kind of think about it. I'm like, you know, I wonder, I wonder how things would have progressed for me as a person if I had grown up with that resource. I think I would have flourished a little more, you know. Um, and when I look at Preston and how he succeeded, it it makes me feel so happy inside because I remember he it it wasn't a good experience for him. Cause we used to sit together like down in the stairwells of the school. That's where like all the, like the freaky kids used to hang out. Like we'd kind of just sit there and brood in our own little angst. And, and we'd, um, we had, um, Preston and I had these little lunch boxes that we'd carry around. I had a gym lunch box, gym, the holograms. Cause like I was so obsessed with eighties music. I know, right? In the 90s. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm going to boycott all this 90s music because, like, it's just not my thing. I'm going to be, um, you know. So I had my little gym lunchbox, and we'd trade each other notes. And he'd, 
he'd always draw me these photos, not, not photos, but little pictures, like little teeny scraggly drawings of like people. And, and, uh, and I think I, I think he still does that. I think he still does that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I'd make a mixtapes. What was on the mixtape? Um, well, it probably had lots of, um, I'm sure the cure was on there, like, a lots of gothy bands, um, probably. And there's another band I liked back then called a pop berserk. There's a synth pop band and they were actually a nineties band, just mostly like electronic music. Um, Depeche mode, of course, that's just what I was listening to. I know Preston, I'm trying to remember what, what kind of stuff he used to listen to. I do remember he was really into ska music for some time. We we had this huge ska phase. Like it was like a punk. I could see <laughs> that. Like a, Based on the picture, I could see that. Like the cat I eye totally glasses. see it. Yeah. <laughs> we both had cat eye glasses too. Um, I except mine were white and his were black. So we'd be sitting. <laughs> it, he's honestly, he was kind of like almost like a, like a male version of me in high school, just, just his, you know, um, wanting to be his own sort of, uh, what, what would you say person, not, not necessarily following any, any kind of trends other than his own, um, his own, uh, his own way. He probably did. I know he said, um, he was alone a lot. Uh, or his mom had to work a lot. So, um, you know, he had to make a lot of decisions for himself. Mm. Um, And it it could be in a way more of a backbone for him. He had a way of like building up a backbone. Preston was definitely, for me, you're both kind of angsty and not having this school, but uh, we were kind of like little bits of sunshine in each other's mornings. I have this one fond mem- memory of Preston where um, we dated for about like a week and he had these little, little um, almost like it looked like horns for his hair in the front. And he had dyed them with a manic panic, like a bright red man- manic panic. And we were standing outside and it was raining and we were just laughing about something. And he went up to me and he kissed me. And, and then I looked at him looked at his cheek like I just kind of opened my eye out of the corner of my eye and I saw like this red streak coming down his face and and I thought it was I thought it was blood at first but no it was that manic panic hair dye (laughs) he started laughing it was just like it was all over my face and everywhere but it's just one of those sweet innocent little moments that I I look back on in uh, my high school years and that honestly sounds like something from a movie. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like from maybe an 80s movie, but. <laughs> or maybe like, like an early 2000s movie, like a Scott Pilgrim. There you go. Yeah. There you- mm-hmm. Wow. What kind of lunchbox did he have? I, you know, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think, I don't know, it was like cowboy or I don't know, just some, I mean, it had something unique on it of course um i don't know you'll have to i'll have to ask him 
Hmm. Well, I was in touch with him a few days ago, and I said that I was going to be interviewing you. He remembered that you befriended him in that very difficult high school experience, and that he uh, remembered you as someone who was very kind and welcoming. And I thought that that was a really lovely thing to say, because I know how in our initial interview, there was nothing good about that high school. And so it wasn't until I heard from you and then connected with him that he told me, yeah, I remember her. And I could tell that that was meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <sighs> Well, I think we both, I think we both did pretty well considering our own life circumstances. I know I'm fairly happy now and it sounds like he's, he's very happy too. He has his own little family and um, I think he, he owns like an art studio or something like that. And um, I'm actually living with two of my very good friends, Kara and Ben, they're my roommates. And then uh, Sophia, she'll come and stay over on the weekends um, uh, for now and then mm -hmm. spend time in the summertime. Um, but we are all musicians. And I don't know if you can see behind me these giant. Yes. Hold on. Mixing things. Yes. Yeah. So my roommates, they have a little, it's just kind of like a collective of musicians, basically a bunch of friends and we'll have, um, he'll put on like shows and stuff, but, um, in like a typical day, Ben and I will be sitting in the kitchen and instead of having our quilting circle, it will be like a soldering circle. I don't know <laughs> if you know what a, a soldering yeah. iron is, yes, but I we'll do. be sitting there with our like, <laughs> our little motherboards and like making little, um, Oh, I don't know. He, he makes uh, all types of uh, modular synths and I'm working on a little tiny music box. I'm kind of like the little dog that looks up to the big dog. It's like, Hey buddy, you know, Hey big dog. Um, uh, how, how, how do I do this? Um, I'm trying to remember Preston mentioned some type of gardening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, wow, that's a great metaphor for people in their environment and resources. It's really, if you have the resources, whether it's like a good family life, um, you know, financial resources, um, health wise, you know, good health care. What, what do you have in order to make you a, a more successful, happier person as we go forward in this, in this period of time? Um, and think, okay, well, what do we really need to make us like a like a happier community, a happier nation, a more healthier nation? You know, maybe hmm, maybe we should invest in uh, healthcare or you know our schools, that type of thing. Um, maybe think of things more in collectively instead of individually. Yeah. So my latest guest. Uh, was 18 when he uh, ran for elected office and he was profiled in Teen People's November 2000 oh, issue. Wonderful. We all remember what happened in November 2000. He, he ran as a Democrat in Ohio and he won and he was 18 years old. So his victory oh, wow. was, was pretty huge. Um, but one of the things he told me is that, 
you know, he was operating in a pre-social media era. And so he said that someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been inspiring for him because uh, of her success online and offline. Like she's doing both. She's doing door knocking and she's doing like Instagram live. And so he's, he told me he, he sees a lot of positive energy in social media because it means that people can connect directly with their elected representatives and with candidates running, um, whether or not they've actually donated or contributed. Uh, he had, a, a, I think, a uniquely optimistic uh, outlook on all of this. Um, and I, I asked him a couple of times, I was like, where are you seeing this optimism? Because, you know, it seems pretty toxic. It looks pretty toxic from the outside. Um, but he, he was hopeful. And, and I found that that conversation was inspiring. That's awesome. You know, you, you hit on like a, a keyword there, connecting. We've been learning as a whole more about community organizing. And I think that's something that we've all lacked for, for many years is a sense of community here in, locally in America. That's what's interesting about your teen people experience, because there's something that seems rather quaint about them sending a photographer from New York to go around and, and, and take pictures of people on the street in, in Charlotte. Uh, when today, if a magazine, uh, whether print or online, wanted to do something like that, they would just put out a call on Instagram and say, you know, use this hashtag, maybe we'll feature you on right. platforms. <laughs> um, but like you were actually going and connecting one-on-one -on -one with individuals in Charlotte, 14 people. Gosh. And speaking of that experience, it was, it was so cool. Like I, like, I'm going to back us up for just a second to when I actually heard about teen people, I, I think it was, I think it was on a commercial or in an insert in another magazine. And I saw this, I saw this, um, um, it was either a flyer commercial and it said, you know, this new magazine's coming out. We need some, um, people to show us what, what the culture and the trends are in each of your cities. And I said, okay, well, that sounds like something I'd like to do. You know, I like fashion. And so I, I applied and then somebody called me one day and said, Hey, you know, we need a transporter for Charlotte. We're doing uh, an article on that. And I said, okay, I'm going to jump on that. And when the photographer came down, I think we met, uh, they wanted me to kind of brainstorm different areas that were like the cool places in Charlotte. So I, um, we met up with him at this, uh, it was like a little Japanese uh, tea house. So we met up there and then we just kind of rode around in his rental car. And I'm, I'm not sure if he was from Germany or something, but I remember riding in that car and he played this German band is like a German industrial band. I, I just remember this photographer having extremely impeccable music taste. Oh, wow. I've never heard this before. Oh, it's from the 80s too. So uh, <laughs> just <course>. your thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so we're, we're driving around and I remember one of the places was, um, I think it was the Arboretum and, uh, in the magazine, you can see a few, I think it's a few girls sitting together with their white leg pants. One of them, she actually went to school with us. I think we went to another um, movie theater, The Regal. 
And that's another hangout spot that we used to go to. And then the best place, um, the the place that I think we had the most fun at and the photographer definitely enjoyed going there. It was um, a Tremont Music Hall. And that was um, a little concert venue. And uh, and I don't know, I, we just we just lucked out that day. But like all my friends, it seemed like were there. And I remember seeing Preston. And I think I think this was during the time when he was going to the other school. So we hadn't seen each other in a while. And I don't think he recognized me. And I was, I was like, hey, you know, you want your picture taken? And he kind of looked at me like, what? what? What's going on here? <laughs> Who are you people? But, um, but yeah, it was, it was incredible. And I, I remember the, the photographer saying, oh, wow, you know, like, everybody here is just so, so colorful. And, and I thought, mm, you know, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot about Charlotte that I just kind of, I think you just, that I passed, passed over on that I didn't really think about, like that I didn't appreciate, you know, just going through high school. It's sometimes you just, uh, you're just so full of inks and you can't really like appreciate the good things about it. But we did, we, we had a fairly good alternative scene here. I think lots of jewelry in our outfits, like the little beaded um we'd make each other like little friendship bracelets out of beads and and patches and just wild hair colors and uh lots of piercings and that's all reflected in this street style shoot yeah yeah it's all there so the photographer is credited he's called Dirk Westfall Dirk okay Dirk I I do remember one of the the highlights of it was how much fun that photographer had on in in the whole experience like he <laughs> just just um uh it, it was it was a delight to see um him having fun throughout the whole experience and I, I wish I had kept up with him he's such an interesting person um and uh and he threw out a, another good uh, band reference to me too so Kudos to him. I actually looked at his portfolio um, after I spoke with Preston. Um, and he has photographed a lot of really famous people. Oh. So you oh. and Preston were photographed by someone who has shot. Uh, I'm just pulling up his website here. Fish, surfboards, canines, portraits. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Oh, yes. Wow. Sinead O'Connor. Wow. Oh. Roy Scheider uh, from Jaws. Yeah. Anyway, you're in very good company that he took your picture. Oh. <laughs> I'm proud. Yeah, you should be proud. A lot of those people in the, in the spread knew each other. So it's, it's kind of neat. This is like a... Like a, where are they now? That's that's the whole it's premise cool. of the podcast, pretty much. Is where are they now? In a way, it's sort of this spread is like functioning as a high school yearbook page. It sounds like you did know each other. These were all your friends and peers. Yes, a lot of them. Uh, I think actually, you know, Amy and Crystal used to hang out in the same stairwell too. <laughs> so, 
The same stairwell. Hmm. But yeah, I remember we all just kind of sit down there before we'd go to our class and we'd have our headphones in. We'd all be rocking out to different bands. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes we'd share each other's headphones. We'd like reach yeah. across from our, our friends and say, hey, I want you to listen to this band. Mm. Um, so that was fun. And we do things like go smoke cigarettes behind the, behind the which is a, a no-no, you know. But uh, and just in case Sophia is uh, listening <laughs> to this right now. Um, Definitely a no-no, Sophia. Yes. Do not. Do not even. Do not do that. Um, Smoke but, cigarettes behind the dumpsters? Yeah, that type of thing. Ooh, <laughs> you know, doing something risky. But, um, yes, exactly. Mm. So, yeah. I remember getting in like a little, a little, um, not like a little argument with my mom because I said, you know, I... I brushed my hair like crazy and like put on this super, super alternative looking outfit for, um, uh, the, the meetup with a photographer. She's like, uh, uh, no, that's not going to happen. So I just, I had to put on my, like, uh, my little, uh, button button up t-shirt and or it was like a blouse and just, you know, you know, she's like, come on, you need to, you need to look successful. And, professional so, yes <laughs> professional so yeah maybe I had a more of a um you know a professional woman vibe there um yeah that's but. that's the impression that I got like I assumed that this is why it did not connect for me at all that you're the trend spotter right there in the middle of the story you're the person that did this I like the way he described it I thought it was some like woman in like kitten heels and a pencil skirt from New York. Yeah. I <laughs> did not. I, I, I had to uh, read your Instagram message a couple times to realize. I think I was wearing a pencil skirt actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh mama. She, hmm. I've always kind of been the, the more liberal one, I guess, in the family. And we, there's always been great love among us all, but there's just, there is definitely a disconnect and um, a feeling that I've always had of like being alienated or misunderstood. How old were you when you moved to Charlotte? You said you were born in California? Yes, I was, I was about 13 years old and I, I grew up, I was born in Modesto, which is in the Valley. And then we moved up near Yosemite. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's kind of like a... I know well, where Modesto is because that's where George Lucas is from. Eh? Yeah, George Lucas. <laughs> yes. I love yeah. Star Wars, so I know that that Definitely. strange trivia from my childhood. <laughs> well, and it's funny because in when I lived up in the mountains near Yosemite, um, uh, there's a couple of boys that lived down the street, and they were just... They're so interesting. I remember one... I remember looking out my window one day and one of them was walking up the street in like a box and he had made like a little, I think we were about like eight or nine at the time. He had made like a little like robot box. You're just walking up the street and hit, and his twin brother was inside of the box with him. So <laughs> saw like, you saw like four legs coming out of the box, but anyways, <laughs> they just, they were always constantly filming things. I remember that. And, and sometimes I would, I would go down the street and, 
and they say, Hey, Oh, we got this little, little mini movie we're going to make. And, and, um, and then, uh, now, uh, nowadays they, um, you know, they're older and they actually uh, did some filming for JJ Abrams. Cool. For the star Wars movies. Yeah. Nice. So that's kind of neat. We go outside. I remember as kids, we'd make like little, we had, whole like acres and acres of government land out there a forest and we'd make um like little lean-tos like little forts out of sticks and then we had um oh we had waterfalls in the back um like you'd go hiking for a couple miles and then there's an area that had waterfalls and and a bunch of rocks and like a, a big pool of water and uh there's this old dog that used to is an old blind dog that lived down the street from us. And he'd, he'd always go on hikes with us and we'd throw rocks in the pool and he would always dive down and get the same rock that we threw. Hmm. So obviously his, his sense of smell or his sense of hearing was still pretty good, but wow. yeah, I mean, I've been here for at least 20 years and um, you know, I have a Southern drawl, I'm sure. Yeah, I hear bit. that. Yeah, uh, you do. But I was surprised um, that you came from California. I thought you were well, born and raised. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, I was born and raised in the Valley of uh, California. So, and uh, you're a Valley girl. I talk about that. I'm, I'm going to start saying like, and, you know, <laughs> in it, in, in like, you know, you know? Like, I'm like, hi. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's still, it's, it's still kind of, that accent comes back every once in a while. And, um, you know, I've always kind of felt like, like, like a half and half sort of like, I'm not Southern Valley girl from here, but I'm from there too. And I think that's, I mean, that's kind of a good thing. You know, I think we should embrace it. Mm -hmm. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Um, I remember, I remember seeing a music video of, Cindy Lauper. I don't know if you remember Cindy Lauper. That 80s music. Yes, 80s music. <laughs> yeah. And she had like this bright crazy. I said, yeah. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a punk. And I thought it was she was a punk rocker. I was like, I'm gonna be a punk rock singer like Cindy Lauper when I grow up. I just knew I liked I loved dressing up and and um putting on different hats and being creative. And um I think I think I'm still there creating cool pieces of art and music with friends and keeping Charlotte a little bit, uh, a little bit weird. Is that school still there? Yes, it is. I think Northwest is, uh, that's the art school. It's um, done incredible for my friends that have gone there. I know like just their careers in art and music, they just flourished as people. So uh, that's definitely, I would, I would view Northwest as a gem. Sounds like you have some regrets that you weren't able to go there. I, I, I do have a lot of regrets and I've kind of struggled to find worth in my passions because I've always been told, well, you know, that's just, you know, get into business or um, something like that. So I think finally, in, I'm at a point in my life where I know where my passion is, and I do finally have the resources 
um, to make things happen for myself. So, you know, some of us just, you know, have to struggle a little bit more and bloom a little bit later. I think in the process of the past few years, I've put a lot of my focus into motherhood and it's been amazing um, just watching her grow up and um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. So, um, but you definitely do as a mom, you, uh, you do have, you do give a lot of yourself to this, this little one and, and you have to balance that with taking care of yourself at the same time. From what I hear, it sounds like you want to give your daughter the kinds of opportunities that you were denied. I do. And I do not want to live vicariously through her. I think that's one thing that parents sometimes do. Yes. It's, it's not good for the kids. Um, yes. And um, she is just, she loves art. And both her, her dad and I try to um, give her the resources that she can. Uh, she's just constantly drawing. She's so interested in anime and uh so, you know, whatever we can do to get, to get her in the path that she wants to go, um, we'll, we'll do that for her. You know, yeah. even if she wants to, you know, uh, get into business or something. You know, <laughs> I'll Heaven be forbid she becomes a lawyer. Well. Mom, Dad, I'm going to law school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do you. Which high school is she going to go to? Probably South Point. It's okay. this... Uh, it's a small school out in Belmont, North Carolina. And if you've ever, if you ever go to Charlotte, the Charlotte area, um, also go to Belmont, North Carolina. It's very, oh, it's just, it's just very Southern. And like the, the, the buildings, they have all these old, um, like, I guess you'd say like federalistic and, and Victorian homes and, um, uh, it has its own little downtown and the kids can walk from school down to the park. And it's, it's a really cute, quaint little school. So she, nice. she might, she'll probably, um, she'll probably go to that school or if she is interested in going to Northwest, um, you know, uh, she would be eligible. So awesome. You know, whatever, whatever we can do to support her. We'll, mm. we'll do that for her. So. so you were 16 when you were in teen people, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self now? I think I would have told myself to be a little bit more assertive about my wants and my needs and my passions, maybe a little bit more focused towards those, those, uh, those areas that I was good at, like art and music. I think a lot of times just girl, women in general tend to try not to, you know, rock the boat or um, um, be overbearing with their, their needs in general, um, you know, be a little selfless and, and a, a little bit neglectful. Um, but I think that, you know, just keep on trying um, and maybe, you know, just speaking up a little bit more. I think I did okay. Nice. Nice. 
Well, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I'm honored to be here and, uh, and, um, and go through this with you. And uh, I'm excited to see the, the, next, uh, the next episodes. I look mm-hmm. forward to listening to them. Yeah. Take care. Bye. See ya. Robin's story is touching in so many ways. She's something of a late bloomer, and I couldn't help but notice a common thread in the stories she shared of the robot boys from Yosemite and her high school friends in Charlotte. They've excelled in ways she was not necessarily encouraged to. But I feel confident she's got enough perspective to give her daughter all she needs to burst into the world when the time comes. This podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at TeenPeoplePod. I had a wonderful conversation with Robin's old friend, Preston Drum, so please listen to his episode. He's episode five. Until next time, I'm Anna Soper.